Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puppy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed. And that includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please, rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfresh is the word and on facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh and you can also follow fresh is the word on twitter at fresh is the word and that's is with iz instagram at fresh is the word podcast and facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast and this is episode 145 the guest for this episode is toronto hip-hop legend chuck Lair. now this is a bucket list interview for me the Toronto hip-hop scene that came from the late 1990s, which also included Cardinal Official, Socrates, and Maestro Fresh West, 
among many others, is so personally special to me. As someone who frequented Toronto throughout my life, it's like a second home to me. My goal is to get all those names I just named on this podcast, and we are one down already with Chaclair. During our conversation, we reminisced about that Toronto hip-hop scene from the 90s, along with breaking down his career during albums like 1999's Ice Cold, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, along with 2002's Memoirs of Blake Savage. We also get into the lessons he's learned over the years in his storied music career, his beginnings in music, the aesthetics of Toronto as a city and its artistry, and so much more. And without further ado, let's get into the interview with Chaclair. Yeah, like my um like I said in my original email to you, like my goal this year was to try to interview as many of the Toronto hip hop pioneers that I that I'm a fan of as I can. Um you're the first person I've been able to uh, get something scheduled with. So, you know, thank you for that. No problem, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you looking out looking at us. We 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 appreciate the sunlight. Right. Like, um, see, all my life I've been uh, going to Toronto. Uh, when I was a kid, I was going there for family trips for, uh, you know, Blue Jays versus Tiger games because I'm down here in Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I've always been, um, you know, familiar with Toronto. And then later on, I um, because there was kind of, a, you know, sort of a kinship between Detroit hip hop and Toronto hip hop, I always was kind of like sort of paying attention to what was going on with the hip-hop scene in Toronto and like the stuff that was coming out in the 90s when when you were first starting was just such a special time so I'm like so glad I'm able to uh talk with you about it but uh you know first off you know what are you doing these days uh now nowadays uh I'm about to go and re-release the um, Ice Cold record that I put out in 99. It's the 20th anniversary year, and we're going to uh, re-release that. Plus, I'm working on uh, another record, so I'll have, like, two records out this year. Um, One of the great things about, like, the connection, like you were mentioning about the connection with Toronto and Detroit was Windsor Sports Weekend. And yes. we used to always go down to Windsor Sports Weekend. That was actually one of the first times that I, I got to see Kid Capri live. And I can't even tell you how much this guy killed the party. It's like he would play four, four to eight bars of a track and then drop another track. Like it was almost like, you know, like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to go and figure out where's the chair that I could throw? What do I need to do? I need to do something. I don't know what to do because he was doing such a great job and it was winter sports weekend. And, uh, and that's kind of how I, what I believe, like some of our, our connection, because I know that uh, thrust uh, an artist from up here thrust, and he does a lot of work with Frank and Dank uh, yeah. from down there. And uh, you know, so it was, uh, I think that that had a lot to do with it, but yeah. And then it's, it's a border town and, um, and we used to go there all the time, and it was it was just an awesome fit, like just whatever, to, uh, you know. And we would take the four-hour drive down. It's like just as long as going to Ottawa, uh, uh, you know, but it's just the opposite direction. So, 
Toronto and Detroit definitely have a connection for sure. Right. Yeah. And you, yeah, it is the 20th anniversary of, um, of the ice cold album. And that was such like, that's just such a classic Toronto hip hop album. I was, you know, you know, uh, listening to it before we talked today and I'm like, wow, this is so good, you know? And when thinking back, you know, when you first started getting into the hip hop scene out there in Toronto, uh, looks like your debut single was back in uh, 1995 when you released 21 Years. You know, what was, yes. what, when you look back at that, you know, what really comes to mind? What sort of fond memories do you have of that time when you first started breaking into the hip hop scene? You know what? It was um, one of the things that I can remember about everything like that was just doing music. It's what I wanted to do. I just like to go and write. I was a fan of the music. My older brother got me into hip hop back in the eighties, and um, and uh, it was just doing music. And then connecting with people like Socrates and Cardinal and everybody, and just going in the studio and doing music. I I really didn't have a thought about it. All although I was just like um, just about like yeah, this sounds good. And yo, know, tell me what you think too, <laughs> type thing. And uh, yeah, it was really just doing the music. That's all that it was about was doing music. Yeah, when you go back to that time, whether it was you, Socrates, Cardinal, July Black, the Rascals, you know, it was just it was just like all the music that you guys were doing just was so good. You know, it was such a special time. You know, why do you feel like everything came out? to be so good and it was so receptive by everybody well i believe that i was working with very talented people um you know all of the names that you mentioned and that i mentioned as well i think that they're super talented um i thought that they were really cool and they were really cool people they are still um really cool people and and we just had the same passion and love for what we were doing, like, you know, which was music. So we just, what we would go into the studio and literally just sit there and come up with stuff and go and create and just create. And that was the, um, that was the best part about it because we were friends and, and we loved music and, and that just kind of came, it came out and it was like, the love of music and whatever and trying to do the best that we can go and do. And that was our whole vibe and, and, and everything. It was amazing. Like it was good. Like those times being in the studio with those guys and girls, um, was amazing. And, uh, we had a lot of jokes and we spent a lot of time sun up to sundown, leaving at 11 o'clock, being there at 6 PM and leaving at 11 AM. Um, (laughs) but getting like five songs done it's like it was great it was an awesome experience yeah when you first started you had these these uh singles these eps that got a lot of love um you know independently you put them out yourself and then you uh you link up with uh, virgin priority for your debut album you know what was that time like you know going from you know independently putting out your own stuff to linking up with a major label 
Uh, it was definitely different because, um, you know, like uh, I was uh, saying before, it was like we used to just go and just make music. But now, you know, like when you got like a label behind you, you know, like there's a bit more pressure. It's not necessarily about making music. It's about making hits and songs, whatever, that will have like uh, some type of uh, longevity or pop right away and be like a top 10 billboard or something like that. And uh, it was cool because everybody at the label was cool. Like, you know, like everybody at the label, you know, it was uh, in that time, like when people used to go and remember when they used to go and put like posters on light posts and yeah. stuff and the street teams and all that other stuff. So everybody yeah. was invested on, uh, on it in that way because you know, it was the Virgin Street team or BMG Street team or Universal Street team or Sony Street team. It was every Warner Street team. Everybody was trying to go and do whatever. Um, but the difference was is that now you're doing it. Now you're not just doing it because you want to go and <clears throat> just go and do your music. You have to go and do music that actually is a product that needs to go and sell. So it it was great to be a part of that um i think though at the same time um there was like a pressure like a pressure to go and sit there and do songs that would sell so it kind of changes your mind i'm not saying for the worse or the better i'm just saying it's like then you had to be more focused on the music that you were doing because that was the business that you were in how did you sort of, during that time, balance the artistry of the music that you wanted to do and what the, the label expected of you as a product? Well, honestly, to be honest, they, they, they didn't tell me what to do and how to record. They didn't tell me anything like that. They never put that pressure, but that pressure of going into, you know, like I'd be sitting at, uh, I'd be sitting at Virgin all day doing interviews all day, like from like 11 till 6 PM. It's like, get off the, you're on the phone, get off the phone, pick up the phone, another call, get off the phone, get whatever, whatever. Um, they never really pressured me about what I was going to record, but I knew just on, uh, just on the strength I knew that that's they needed they wanted me to go and create songs that got me like I guess to the dance now make people dance and um so it's a different um type of vibe but like at the end of the day they were very cool I have nothing bad to say about uh, Virgin they were very cool uh, I have to give a, a very special shout out to Russ Hergert, Russell Hergert. Um, he was the guy that got me in there, and uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, things were things were still good. Things were still good, and everything was good, and there wasn't really any kind of change. Um, but I knew what the change was and what they expected, and I had to go and sit there and step up to the um, step up to the challenge. Yeah, yeah. During that time, you know, there was a lot of great. Toronto hip hop artists, but like the top three that people knew were you, Cardinal, and Socrates. You know, 
what was it about you three that just made you know that everybody just thought everything you guys did was so special you know why did you feel like you connected so much with your audiences I think just because we weren't trying to do anything that wasn't real. We just did our thing. Like uh, me and Sox were from the east end of Toronto, which is Scarborough. Cardi is from like midtown Toronto, uptown, he calls it, um, which was uh, Oakwood and Vaughn. And, uh, and then just our experiences and living where we lived brought uh, just brought our own experiences to it. And then, um, and then we talked about stuff that was relevant to everybody else. We didn't try to go and boost ourselves up and do all of this and do all of that. We just <laughs> rapped about what was what was whatever. So everybody and people across city lines, like wherever, wherever, West End, East End, North End, whatever, everybody can relate to it. And that's the thing that we do. And that's the thing that we continuously do is just going, we just go and give us, we just go and say what we are doing. And, you know, and, um, and then that's why when I walk up and down in Scarborough and then Scarborough guys will go and be like, yo, you know what? Yeah, man, Scarborough, Scarborough, Scarborough. And then West End man will be like, yeah, respect still, respect still. And then whatever. But that's just what we did, and I think that's what we connected with other people, is that we didn't try to be, because remember, that era was like, that was the 90s was the Versace and the, this and the Lamborghinis and the Lexus 300s and all <laughs> these other different things. And we just kind of, not that we didn't like to, wouldn't like all of that stuff, but we just came direct with who we were and what we were doing and we just rapped and sat there and put it into it. I don't even want to say like we just rap. We put poetry and music in. We put poetry to music and talked about the stuff that other people would go and it would resonate with them. Speaking of experiences, during that time in the 90s, you know, what was, you know, what was Toronto like at that time? Not just like the hip hop scene, but just the city in, in general, you know, where, what were these experiences that you were drawing, drawing upon? Well, a lot of times what ended up happening is that um, there was a lack of self-confidence. Let's just say that, you know, um, people would go and sit there and try and put it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a way like where, you know, they would wear Pittsburgh Pirate hats or Philadelphia Phillies or L.A. Dodgers or New York Yankees or whatever. When you go and do battles, like, uh, you know, battles, like people used to come to the school. That's what it was. People would come to my high school when I was in high school yeah. and go and be like, oh, we hear that you're the rapper over there. And they would bring other people from their school and battle. And then the whole school, like, it's just crazy. But the whole school would leave jump out of class and leave and go because there's a big battle back by the gymnasium. Yeah, nice. And that's what would happen. And then the thing was that I'm glad to see that's happened is that now 
everybody wears J hats. Yes, you have your own team. You're going to see somebody with a Pittsburgh Pirate hat. That might be their team, whatever. But everybody is, we have like this silent pride. It's like, we don't go and sit there. We'll wear our hats. We'll wear our things. We'll wear stuff like, you know, Roots Apparel or whatever, uh, um, home, homemade um, clothing companies that make stuff like says Toronto versus everybody and whatever. And people feel that pride to be able to do it. But our thing also is, is that, we we tread lightly, but if you say something, whatever, then people go and sit there and defend. They defend the turf, and they go yeah. and they'll be like, "Nah, you can't go and say this about this guy, that guy, this thing, or that thing." It's just funny because I'm watching. I was uh, on my TV right now. I'm watching CNN, and I'm watching all these things, and you guys are having like a whole argument about healthcare. You know what? If I break my leg. Go to the doctor, get it fixed. Don't cost me a cent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you break your leg, you got to go and call your insurance or whatever. So right. there's the things that we actually go and sit there and say about ourselves. We're very diverse. That's another great thing about us. We're very diverse. You have Hindu rappers, Chinese rappers, yes. rappers from all sorts of everywhere and everywhere. And we just and and we embrace it and we go and sit there and say that's good stuff and we love it. And I think that's been the, the transition is right now is that everybody is um, we're proud of ourselves and we won't let anybody talk bad about ourselves at all because we're proud of it. And this is not just Toronto. This is Canada on a whole. Right. I remember when I first started, like as an adult, coming to Toronto um, and kind of witnessing the the hip hop scene out there. I did notice that at the time there was sort of like a lack of like that, you know, city pride or anything like like you said, they would wear like the Pirates hats or the Phillies hats or like the Detroit hats or something. They, You know, you'd see like a lack of that identity within um you know, outwardly from a lot of people in the hip hop scene. I did notice that, but like, like you said, there has been a transition to, you know, where there is a deep Toronto Canadian pride with the people there now. Yeah, absolutely. And you go and see, and I'll go and uh, whatever, like my friends that are on Instagram or wherever, and you go and sit there and you'll see somebody at the, some type of high cliff in Spain sitting there smiling and putting up Canada. <laughs> so we're like, we're yeah, that you're, you're absolutely correct on that. There's that there was one, but now it's not there anymore. Like it's like, it's everybody is, is like, yeah, I'm here and I'm Canadian. I'm from this place, that place, that place. It's always funny because when I meet with um, some of uh, the hip hop artists from the States, they'll go and they'll be in a city and they'll be like, what's up, Canada? And I'm like, yeah, well, Canada <laughs> is like the third biggest country in the world. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of Canada. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Canada. It's like, are you in Vancouver? Are you in Toronto? Are you in Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Halifax, Newfoundland? Where are you? Yeah. And then whatever. But everybody 
that are in those uh, cities and more uh, that I mentioned, they sit there and they stand up for themselves and they go and they'll be like, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's great to see. It's such a good thing to see. It's great to go and have the pride and uh, in, in, in our city, in our country and in our music because we just do it. And, and, and it's just different. Like, you know, like we go and we, you know, from Southern rap. So guys coming from Louisiana or Florida or Texas or, uh, New uh, New Mexico or uh, Arizona or something like that. They have a different drawl in the way that they speak. Right. We up here in Canada, because a lot of us, um, a lot of us, there our parents came in like the '60s or the '70s and came up here. So a lot of us right now we're first generation Canadians. So we go back and take, and I'm not just talking about black guys. I'm talking about people coming from the, from Eastern European and yeah. Western Europe and everything like that and wherever and wherever and wherever. So we have like, we have cultural stuff that we bring into our music. Yeah. And then because we're so inviting up here is that, People like it, like, you know, people go whatever. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of sushi, but like they're always trying to bring me to go and have sushi. I'm not a, you know, and, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden we're having Bulgarian potatoes and uh, Ukrainian chicken. I don't even know. But it's like we there's a whole bunch of stuff and then that's whatever it is. and, And that's what brings us into an inclusive and then also goes and when we go and talk especially for the caribbean and west indian yeah it's like we mix patois and hip-hop together (laughs) so when we talk yeah when we talk we'd be like hey wagwan b what's (laughs) going on king king that's how we talk that's how you can always tell a guy that's from toronto because right. he mixes, he mixes patwa with hip hop, and that's how we talk because that's just how we we do. Yeah, I I've always noticed the the fantastic diversity of Toronto, um, whether it's like yeah, like you say, the language. Um, there's so many like beautiful women in in Toronto. It's... Oh, summer is summer in Toronto is so lovely. Oh if my you want to see anything, whatever, Toronto in the summer, jeez. Tr- like, yes. like, I get New York, I get, I get New York, I get Florida, I get everything, but they have nothing on women in Toronto. Nothing. Oh, nothing. I nothing. second that, man. I second that. I've been, I've been up there during the summertime and Toronto in the summertime is a great place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. With, uh, with all this sort of, you know, fantastic diversity in Toronto, you know, how do you feel like that has, you know, influenced your own music and how do you feel like it's shaped the hip hop scene in general over the past 20, 30 years? Well, what I do remember is uh, there was an article, I think it was in the Source magazine back in the day, and they were looking at Toronto and they called it the final frontier. 
Um, I don't know which one it was. I, I had the magazine. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote what number it was. But it was in the Source magazine. And then I was in the Source magazine also, like when they used to do the unsigned hype yeah. and, and everything like that. The way that it goes and it does it is that because we're just fans of the music. Toronto is a very hard place to go and do stuff. Now, it may have softened over the years because now we're getting attention and people just want things to come in and come in. But at the beginning, you couldn't go and do a show that was whack. They would literally walk out and steal your turntable, <laughs> bottle you at the front, do all sorts of stuff. Like it was, it was like, you know, like I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying that's what happened. Right. That's um, what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it, if you weren't good or if you didn't do an effort, then it wasn't worth their time. They'll say, my, I spent $20 on this crap. <laughs> no. But now it's like, okay. So our thing is that because we are so, again, going back to the diversity, because we are so diverse, because we actually go and sit there and look at music and go and directly try to do great music. And we try to go and sit there and be like, this is the music that we want to do, and this is what we think is dope. We actually take the time to put in our music and make it, Good. We're not trying to go for the quick hit. We're not trying to go and get the big, the first pop hit. Our thing is like, I hope it pops. I hope it hits. But I'm going to do music regardless. And I think because of our credibility on that thing is why everybody, and in, a, in, in my opinion, people are, steal, are stealing stuff or at least looking at stuff in when they're making their music and they're basing it on what's going on in Canada. Because we have a big land. We right. don't have a lot of people. Like, you know, we have 35 million. You, you guys have 35 million in New York City alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we try to go in there and give our 35 million music and go and sit there and do it. And I think that's what it is. It's just because we focus on that. We don't focus on the hit and whatever, like somebody's going to probably say, yeah, it's all about making money. Yeah, that's good. Everybody wants to make money. Of course. That That's, yeah, that's awesome. Make money, make money. That's great. But there's an authenticity behind it. And we, and I believe we, Canadian artists, we have authenticity behind it because we just do music that is, we just do great music and with authenticity. We don't try to cater to the market. We make the market, in my opinion. Why do you feel like at times... Um... It's been so hard, though, for Canadian artists to break out in the U.S. Um, 
I think it's just because the U.S. is the U.S. You guys have a lot of artists. Like, you've got a lot of people, like, just doing whatever. Like, again, like, you guys are, th- forget about New York City. You guys are, like, 300 and something million people. <laughs> right. Um, and and then you have a lot of people that are just doing music on every level. And whether they rise to the top, like, a, like a, you know, like the next biggest artist up there, or whether somebody just goes in, does college shows or clubs around the way and still makes a living, whatever. There's a whole something there. For everybody else, we just try to go in and do it. It's, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just know that we have heart and passion. We don't try to make, we want to make hits, but we don't make hits to go in. We don't. Coerce, uh, coerce ourselves to go and change what we want to do just for that fact. We try to go and just do our music knowing we want to go and make hits. Absolutely, we want to go and do it. But we just work ourselves. We just work ourselves. And that's the work ethic that we go and do. And that's what Canada just wants to do. And hip-hop artists... And musical artists, R&B artists, every type of artist, country artists, any artist, any type of artist. That's what we do here. We just do it. And that's going to be the difference between... That's going to be the difference right now. Who knows what, what... Maybe it might change in a couple of years and whatever. I don't know. But that's what is getting our attention right now. We just... We just do our music. We just do dope stuff. We dope. We we are little brothers up north. <laughs> and we're telling you guys, all right, yeah, you know what? You know what? Panda the Panda the Panda was good. But that was the panda. Now let's get to the grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after um a few years after the Ice Cold album, you uh, came out with the memoirs of Blake Savage. Uh, that was another album that was on Virgin Music Canada. Yeah, what was your experience like that, and what um what led to parting ways with Virgin after that album? It was great doing that record. What happened is that um, everybody that was a part of the Ice Cold record got promotions. Right. So my uh, my A and R became the A and R of. France and England. Uh, one of my other guys became, got their own record deal. Another guy became president of Universal or vice president of Universal. Another guy became whatever. Everybody off my record got <laughs> promotions. <laughs> that always happens. They either get promotions or they get fired, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. And no one got fired. Everybody got promotions and then what ended up happening was and i knew some of these guys but they were new guys but and then you'll hear it in the song uh skyline um that i have it's like uh new blood new heart but they ain't birth it and mergers make them nervous because also at that time that was when all the company, like, you know, like you had Napster and you had all these other things going on yeah. and whatever in the music industry vibes were changing and whatever, and everybody was whatever. But the, the main thing was like, 
you weren't there to birth it. Like it's not your egg that you're walking with. It's not your something, um, you know, and as much as they did their thing and wanted to go and be a part of whatever, they weren't that guy. They were great people. And I'm still very much good friends with all of them, but it just, it just changed. Everything changed. Everybody that was on my record when I first put out Ice Cold left and got a promotion. And then everybody that was put in was very cool people. No, nothing bad to say about them at all. But you're just walking into a project. And that's what decided to make me go and say, I'm going to go and leave Virgin. And but then I put out my next record, uh, which was called Flagrant, and some way, somehow, through whatever, it still went through EMI, and that was my fourth Juno, which is our Grammys up here, and that was my fourth Grammy Juno that I got up here. Okay. So I still work with all of them, but uh, yeah, it was just the fact that they didn't birth it, they didn't birth the project, they're invested their invested effort wasn't there. No, no, I don't want to say that. Their invested effort, not that it wasn't there. They obviously wanted to go and do it really great, but their investing effort wasn't from the birth point of the project. That's what I'm trying to say. How did it feel to, you know, you leave uh, Virgin Music and you put you start your own independent label. You put out Flagrant, and you and you still win a Juno Award. You know what was going through your mind at that time? Uh, you know when you won that award uh, in regards to doing an album that you did independently, even though it still got distributed through uh, EMI. It was. It felt great because it felt like it wasn't like I was. I was put there by the machine. And what I mean by the machine is like the uh, record company. Yeah. Um, it was like, no, people actually go and check my material and everything. And there's a bunch of songs like uh, Skyline and then there's um, um, uh, Who That Is and all these other tracks that went and, went and did that. And then also for me, it's like, uh, and then for everybody else, it was like shocks to this record. The first record I did after I left the record company was acknowledged in that way. And it was great because it's like, I don't like, obviously anybody like, you know, like, let's just say if somebody came up to you and said, yo, you want a hundred thousand dollars to go and do what you want to do. Of course, you're going to say yes. Yeah. You know? Right. But then when you do what you do, and you didn't go and sit there and take the $100,000 from those guys, but you go and sit there and be recognized on, your, on, on what you did, then you feel great, too, because it wasn't about to promo. Because people could go and promo everything. Like, you know what, we have this roll up the rim to win in Tim Hortons in Toronto in Canada, but nobody can roll up the rim because it's so hard to roll the rim up. So some guy went and made a hook. I don't know. You could just go and put like a clothes hanger in a cork from a wine bottle. <laughs> and then all you gotta do is 
happens, and then that's what you use to pull it up. Now, he could just go and sit there, and everybody can be like, yeah, this is a great idea. Guess what happened? And Tim Hortons bought that. And now you can buy that. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, don't like. I'm not. I'm not saying for sure. I don't know for sure, but I do know the story, and that's great because he sold. I don't know, like what? Probably a hundred thousand corkscrews with a hook in there to go. And it's great. It's great because you have people backing you and money backing you. But then when you just go and do it and the fact that they're going and looking at you to go and do it, that's an awesome thing. That's, this is great. Like, you know, I have no, it's, it's just great. It's just good. I have nothing bad to say about anything like that. It's good. Like, you know, I didn't have the bad record company experience that some people may have had. I had real good people and sat there and did whatever what we needed to do and it did what it did and then when i left the record company and i decided to do what i wanted to do on my own it just proved that i was good without them i was already good before them right and then i just did what i did after them and i'm doing that right now like we got records coming out and music coming out and yeah, I did it. I did it through my whole twenties and thirties. Like that was my life. Yeah. And now I'm I'm a little bit older, and and here we go, and I'm doing it again. And guess what? Guess who's knocking at the door? <laughs> Those guys again. Right. Oh, we hear you're doing something and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't need much. But if you want to get involved, guess what you're going to have to do? Because now I can call my own shots, right? Right, right. Over over the years, you know, being both doing, uh, you know, putting out your music independently and being a part of a machine like uh, Virgin Music, you know, how do you feel like you were able to, to you know, be successful and not have those really bad experiences that a lot of people have? you know, both working with a major label and doing it independently? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I just worked with all these guys. The funny thing is, is that uh, when I signed with Virgin, you know, my press person was, I, I actually went to high school with him. And my DJ worked as promo for the record company. It's just something that just happened like that way. So as far as everything goes, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't really have an answer for that. I just know that uh, independently or professionally, as far as like working with Virgin and everything like that, people believed in me, believed in the product. And they continue to do that um, as it is, and they're very good and very uh, they're very good, and I'm uh, and I'm good friends with them as today is. When you kind of think back to you know these past twenty plus years, your your class of D of Toronto hip hop, 
is still very much appreciated here in 2019. Um, you said you're still doing things and putting out music and people are, you know, knocking on your doors, calling you up. You see Cardinal, you know, doing the tree lighting at Eaton Center. You see Socrates, he's still around. You know, how does it feel to like still be appreciated after all this time? It feels really good. And, and um, you know what? And it's like I get messages all the time about, you know, like certain songs. Like I have a song made to move mountains. I have a song Skyline and whatever. And people will go and sit there and be like, I listened to that song and it got me through whatever. Or they use it. Made to move mountains is something that people, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, they use it to go and go to the gym and go and keep pushing and do their legs or whatever they're doing. Um, it feels great. It feels great because that's what I'm trying to do. I just try to go and make, I make music. I, I pretty much, I make, I call it food for the soul. And I try to go and sit there and make music that people will appreciate and people will go and it'll sink into them and then they can use it for whatever they need and that's why I'm very careful of what I say because uh, I said this in um, uh, one track I said uh, I said uh, every time I have to quote myself I can't remember my lines but uh, when I perform I know my words but uh, it's um, uh, watch what I say because I influence behavior and that's what I say, because I try to go and sit there. I, I, I'm just like you. I'm not anybody, whatever. I enjoy, like when I watch the guys that are sitting there in their truck and they go and fix the street lights or something or building a house or doing a roof, I'm like, I work just like you. I wish I could do that. I just don't do that. My talent is doing music or writing words to music. But I need you. If my house roof blows away, I need you. And I appreciate your job. So I don't go and disregard anybody on anything that they're doing. If they're pushing themselves and getting things going and whatever then I'm a fan of them. Whether they're a fan of me, they probably don't know that I'm a fan of them, but I'm actually a fan of them. Over the years, you know, there was definitely a big shift in Toronto uh, hip-hop when, when, when you have somebody like Drake becoming very popular, both in Toronto, in the U.S., and worldwide. What was, when he hit it big and just the years to come after that, what was the sort of general consensus of the hip-hop scene in Toronto in regards to Drake and the sort of sound he, sounds he would start to usher in for Detroit, or I mean, uh, Toronto music? I think it was like people were like, wait, but what? And then... People didn't know how to, uh, uh, they liked it, but they didn't know if they should like it. Like, you know, they, they were almost like a little bit 
like we like this guy, but if I like this guy, is everybody else going to go and have the same opinion? But he did, he's done what he's done, and he's been great. He's been doing great stuff, and he's been doing amazing stuff for the city. So there's nothing but love going going on Drake's side. I have nothing bad to say about him. Uh, we met a couple of times. Uh, I don't know him personally like that. Like we don't have each other's phone numbers or anything like that. But uh, he's great. He does great music, and he reps, and and that's great. And that's what people need, especially for the young kids coming up. Because then they go and see how they can succeed and be somebody wherever. So we're, I'm happy about it. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his success and everything that he's done for the city um, of Toronto. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy for him and I'm glad for him. Right, right. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I was, you know, I see that on your uh, your Twitter uh, on your Twitter uh, account that uh, you do. Uh, you're a wrestling fan. You, uh, you watch a lot of WWE. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan also, and we're in uh, WrestleMania season. You know what? What you been uh, digging on these days? Man, well, I love wrestling. I watch it all the time as much as I can. I try to record it. I record every pay per view. Um, I know SummerSlam is coming to Toronto, but damn, man, the tickets are like $1,700 to go to, like, get a front row, whatever. Right. I don't know. Uh, anybody that's listening or whatever, any WWE people listening to this, <laughs> hook a brother up. Hook a brother up because I'm right. a true fan. I have a belt in my house. <laughs> I do all of that. Um I'm a big fan of wrestling. I try to go there. I had the pleasure of meeting, um, um, uh, uh, what's his name there? Um, Martino Samarella. Oh, um, um, they have a, sh- yeah. They have a show up here called Aftermath. Yeah. And, um, it's between, it's usually on Tuesdays and it's like 7.30 to 8 right before, um, Smackdown comes in uh, on Tuesdays, yeah. and I'm I'm uh, I'm a big fan of that. And then I meet a lot of people. I was actually at wrestling. I was dealing with uh, these guys. Um, this thing is called Smash Wrestling, yes. which is an indie. Yeah, yeah it's an indie something, but whatever. So me and this guy named Kevin Bennett, we yeah. got beef. He wanted to go in there and tell me about something. So me and him are going to go and deal with it on April 27th. And yes. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to a few Smash shows when, when I was out there. And I know, yeah, I know you're talking about Kevin Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And me and him, we, we have something to settle because he kicked me in the belly and put me out. And so I'm going to go and check him on... Um, April 27th. I'm going to go and check them on April 27th. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love going to the Smash shows. I, I've been to like one or two of them uh, previously, uh, a couple years ago. Uh, and they put on some good shows, man. I enjoy them. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And uh, yeah, 
I just got to go and deal with Kevin Bennett. That's all I got to deal with. I got to deal with Kevin Bennett. He thinks he's rocking it. <laughs> he's from Buffalo, so he's trying to go and do the same thing. It's like, yo, we American and we trying to run it. I'm like, yo, nah, Canada, stand up, let's go. Nah, <laughs> so <man. laughs> me and Kevin, me and Kevin going at it on April 27th. Awesome, that is great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was, man. yeah, man. <laughs> I was um, I was out in Toronto a few years ago when uh, Survivor Series was out there. I didn't go to Survivor Series, but I did go to the NXT Takeover event. Oh yeah, and and those those are are great as well. I don't get to follow it as much because I'm more into whatever. And but whenever I do, because I have the uh, WWE Network, so I watch it and I watch the um. There's the NXT uh, UK NXT period yeah. and NXT whatever. There's a whole bunch of whatever. So I see it all the time. Um, but I will say that I wait for the guys to get. It's like watching the Blue Jays or for you, the Detroit Tigers Farm League. You want to see what they do when they get up to the major leagues. Like, um, uh, when they get up to the Detroit T Tigers or when they get up to the Toronto Blue Jays. And so for wrestling, I watch it, but I just want to see them when they go like Oksana and everybody and whatever. I do believe that they're going to go in WrestleMania because they gave Charlotte Flair the belt on Monday. I believe that they're making them the four horse woman. And that's what they're going to go and try and uh, do. But I love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm with it. As long as they keep going with whatever they're doing, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. All right. All right. Yeah. If, now that, yeah, as we uh, kind of, uh, you know, get, um, get to the close of this interview, um, I always like to ask this question also of people. Like, what is something, like a nugget of knowledge from your life or career that anybody listening to this doesn't matter what sort of avenue of artistry they are that they could sort of project into their own life. I would just say, you know what? Just be yourself. Be yourself. Don't try. Don't try and be something that's out there. Don't try. Yes. Okay. I will say trends and you follow the trend and that's good. But the trend will change. And if you become the trend that is going to change, then you're going to go and fall in the dumps as the trend changes. Just be yourself. Be who you are. Rap how you want to. Talk how you want to. Be exactly who you are. Be yourself. Because there is, like, whatever. Like, we were just talking numbers. We were just talking, like, okay, there's 35 million people here. There's 350 million people over there in the States and whatever, who knows, there's a ton of people in Europe, a ton of people in all the continents that's going on all around the world. But you're going to go and connect with them. And if you get them, just imagine if you were in India that has 1 billion people in India, all you needed was 1% of them. Guess what? You're rocking with 100,000 people. Be yourself. Don't try to be the trend. Create the trend. Just be yourself. 
And that's all I can say. Be who you are. Just be who you are. And people will love you for that. And they will love you for the fact that you are who you are. Awesome, awesome. And I always like to end each of my interviews with the same question. And I sent it to you ahead of time earlier today. And that question is, what is who is somebody from your life or career that I could realistically interview for this podcast that would have some great stories or lessons to talk about? Um, I'll put it this way. Maestro Fresh West. Yes. He would be a great person because he, before anything, he was there. He was there doing the concert hall, concert hall to us. What's the main, what's the historic concert place that used to happen in Detroit? Uh, we have St. Andrew's Hall and State Theater. Um, okay. I think I performed at St. Andrew's Hall with uh, Razelle. Probably, yeah. I, I believe I think I did do that. Um, Iris is Concert Hall, which is, I don't know what they did with it now, but Concert Hall. All the concerts came there. Big Daddy Kane, MC Light, anybody, anybody, anybody came to Concert Hall. Now there's other places, but that's where it was. Everybody came there. Um, just, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm forgetting the question, to be honest. I'm forgetting the question. Um, oh, no, I was just saying, uh, who would, you know, who would, some who is be a good recommendation for me to uh to interview for this podcast you need to go and talk to maestro fresh west and then you need to go and talk to people that do youth business all these people and all these young cats that have ideas what is your idea? How do we make it happen? How do you want it to happen? That's who you need to go and talk to. Because then at that point, then you can go and sit there and say, well, maybe you should talk to, you might give them something. And everybody needs something. All they need, they just need something to go in their ear. Because we all got ideas. So we're trying to do it. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. That's awesome. All right, before we get out of here, um, if people want to get more information about what you're up to, where can they go online to uh, get more information? And, um, what, and what do you like specifically have coming up? Okay, well, everybody can check me at Shockler Official on Facebook, Shockler Official on Instagram, Shockler on Twitter. Um, I am at my limit on Facebook, which is Shockler Just Knock. Um, I'm at my limit, um, so I, I can't add any much people to that. But um, And then everything else is just do your thing, holler at me. I go when I talk to people, and let's go and make things pop. Let's just go and make things pop, and I'm down. All you got to do is holler at me, um, you know, you can look me up on uh, look me up on uh, uh, on Google, and you'll find me and send me a message, and then you'll get me. I'm there. I'm a hundred percent there, and I'm always down to go and sit there and talk. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, it's been great talking with you. Like I said, I definitely wanted to uh, 
get the the Toronto hip hop OGs like on the show. And you're the first person I've been able to uh, talk to. So it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. This is definitely like a bucket list interview for me. Well, thank you very much. And I, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for interviewing me and talking with me. I really appreciate it. And um, thank you so much. So that was my interview with Chaclair. Links to where you can follow him to see what's going on these days in his world can be found on the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com. All right, that was another episode in the books. I got one down in my Toronto Hip Hop Legends podcast episodes. So that's hopefully we can get Cardi, Socrates, and Maestro on Fresh of the Word eventually. I'll be in Toronto soon for Canadian Music Week and the Toronto Comic Arts Festival in May. So, you never know who I might run into while I'm out there. And if you're in Toronto during those times, holla at your boy. All right, another episode in the books. Thank you for listening. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.